would you look at us? We made it to 2024. 2023, what is time? How did that go so fast? 2024, we're here for it. And imposter babes, we are setting goals. We're setting goals. We're setting structured goals with milestones and guideposts that we can follow and that we can achieve. Not to go to the goals stuff that your company where you work or school, if you took classes or taking classes in an education setting, but, you know, goals need to be measurable, okay? They also need to be achievable. And that's exactly what we're going to learn all about today with Alakai. Alakai wrote a book all about conquering your own summit. So a step-by-step approach to building a life plan. I have a plan. It is a guide on how to accomplish the life of your dreams. And seriously, what better time to have this conversation than the beginning of a brand new year. There's so much you can accomplish and absolutely will accomplish if you put your head down and work hard at it. We believe in you here. That's what this podcast is absolutely all about. Okay, you ready for some fun trivia? So an average of 44% of Americans make a New Year's resolution before the night is over. We're talking December 31st. Then only 31% of those people stick with the promises that they made to themselves on December 31st, the prior year. Then a whopping 81% fail to keep those promises by February. The popular types of goals, you know, your exercise, your losing weight, are what statistically people fail on the most, according to this poll from Life Protect 24-7. You have your work cut out for you. You know that 81% fail by February to keep the goals, And this could be any goals. If weight loss is your goal, great. Go check out some of the endurance series that I have posted. A couple episodes now are up on getting into exercise routines that really, really push you and that will keep you motivated. If your goal is career, amazing. If your goal is something to do with improving family life, expanding your family, if your goal is just get a hobby, and not work so much. I freaking applaud you. Just get after your goals. Alakai is here to help you get after those goals, structure those goals, and specifically dive into building a five-year plan in phases to approach all of those goals and conquering your own summit. Thank you for coming back to the You're Not Qualified podcast. I'm Courtney Heater. I'm your host. We are in a new year. I'm stoked. We have a lot of fun things planned this year for this podcast. I say we like I'm a team. I have a lot of fun things this year planned for this podcast. Well, I guess it's kind of a team. I have guests. Anyways, stay tuned for all of the great stuff that's going to be happening this year. 
And we are kicking it off strong, damn strong, with Alakai Simone. You ready? Let's go. Dance off, bro. Me and you. Tonight, we are here with Alakai Simone, gorgeous name. And we are going to talk all about her book, Conquer Your Summit, How to Build a Five-Year Plan and Live Your Best Life. We're breaking out of social norms. We're figuring out how to get the life that you deserve and you want. And we're going to give you some structured feedback on how to do that. Mostly Alakai is. We're going we're gonna to help guide the conversation. Thank you so much for being here, Alakai. It's exciting to have you here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I hope we get into some good conversation. And you know what? We're right here during this recording in December, in this January time. So I feel like it's a perfect time to get out of social norms and see what 2024 has in store for all of us. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. This is the time for goal setting. And this is the time for the structure of it, right? And just have a plan. That is a big part of this. So to start, would you mind telling us about your book and maybe one thing that you want people to take away from it? Sure. Yes. I'm Alakai Simone, author of Conquer Your Summit. And this book is basically a step-by-step approach to building a life plan, specifically a five-year plan, but it goes in these three phases where I talk about mental tools as phase one, planning techniques as phase two, and execution habits as phase three. And then in that planning techniques area, it's not just a five-year plan. I talk a lot about, and I give templates and a way for you to actually follow a step-by-step approach to this with a two-year action plan and quarterly goals. Because let's face it, not a lot of us have a five-year plan. (laughs) It's often seen as, I don't need a five-year plan. That's for businesses and corporate mumbo jumbo to work on. But We'll talk about it probably throughout this podcast, but it's definitely important to make a plan. And so I make this journey hopefully a little bit more interesting so we can get out of that corporate feel of a nine to five business planning lifestyle Mm -hmm. and look at a five-year plan with the metaphor of climbing a mountain. I'm an outdoorsy person and I want this book to be a self-help book that again, isn't so business-minded and is more holistic and down-to-earth personal. So I paint imageries of what it's actually, you're climbing a mountain, you got to pack a backpack, you got to pack those mental tools. You're going to need those as you climb each of these, quote, mountains of success or areas of success. And the four areas of success that I go through in my book are personal growth, financial freedom, career success, and community impact. Mm-hmm. Now, you did ask, what is the main takeaway or the main thing I would like people to take away from this book? Is that the act of planning is truly what you need to do, right? And I mentioned not everyone believes in the five year plan. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. But take away from this book that it is the act of making a plan that will make you successful, right? There's a famous quote out there that's a dream without a plan is just a wish. That's it. You have to look into your life. Think about your dreams and your goals. And it doesn't need to be perfect, but it's that you took the time out of your 
daily hustle and bustle and you made a plan of some kind because that's what's going to give you the space to chart a course to your success. The book is so important because people might hear they need a plan to have the structure. And as you're using the metaphor of hiking, know what to pack, know how many snacks to have for how long you're going, mentally be prepared. But so many people don't know how to plan. They just have no clue. So I can only imagine how truly helpful the whole process is because you're just laying it out there for them, right? And five years is a long time. So that's really wonderful. That's a long time to help somebody. It's, it is a really long time. It's hard mm-hmm. to wrap your mind around it, right? So that's why I created this method, which I call the summit method in the book to help provide with templates and mind maps and ways to wrap your head around the problem of solving for this personal growth, financial freedom, career success, and community impact, mm-hmm. but create that five-year plan, create that two-year action plan, create the quarterly goals that are going to drive you to get to where you want to go. Your background is very interesting, and I can only imagine it really lent to your inspiration for writing this book. Do you have an inspiration story that you can share for wanting to actually share your methods? Sure. Absolutely. I So I developed this method over 10 years ago. I actually built this with my husband, although at the time he wasn't my husband. We, we were multiple years into our relationship and we decided we needed a big change. We wanted to, quite frankly, we wanted to buy a house. Living mm-hmm. in the Silicon Valley in California was challenging <laughs> to be able to afford something like that. And we actually decided to get rid of all of our possessions and move into an RV and just become minimalist and simplistic for a while. We got rid of debt and started savings and figured out what life must meant to be. We were in the spiral. I feel like regardless of what age you're at, we all go through these cyclical spirals in life where we're like, what am I doing? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Should I be doing something different? Or I want to be doing something different. How do I get to that? And so that was us. That, that there was this inspirational breaking point. And we sat down and said, what's important? How do we feed our souls? How do we look at our personal growth? How do we look at travel and education and hobbies, big life events, all these personal things? How do we In this case, we were actually really focused on a financial goal of trying to be able to buy a house. So we were definitely focused on a financial success aspect. But financial success comes from your career. And whether or not that's a nine to five or gig economy or freelancing, whatever it is you do for money is your career. Doesn't mean some fancy skirt up in the corporate office kind of situation you definitely want to put passion and purpose into your career. And then we said, our family and our friends, our external community means so much to us. We need to make sure that we're including them. Are we planning life events around our community? And so this summit event started 
it inspired us to sit down and look at these four pillars. Now, okay, at the time, we didn't know that we were going to end up creating a method that could not only help us, but help others. It just unlocked everything for us. And I realized that I could craft this message. I We followed this method for over 10 years, and it was only in the last year I said, I'm going to build all of my passions into this book because I've been helping others with the same method for years and years. It's time to to help the world, to Mm -hmm. inspire others. And my inspiration for writing this book is centered around just that one of my life purpose statements, if you will, is to help others. So I wrote this book to hopefully inspire people to get out there and have a method to plan their lives and see purpose and build a fulfilling charting, a fulfilling course, the direction that they want to (laughs) go. Absolutely. It's really easy to get lost in the weeds as for life. You're just like, you're doing the daily grind. You don't really know why you're doing it. And it looks like, Alika, you got your house. Are you in the Silicon Valley? Did everything pan out like you wanted it to? Life it is about changes and craziness and going with the flow. That's what I will say. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> I did succeed in a lot of my goals. Mm-hmm. I, I, the house was one piece of it, but I had goals to go to a different part of my career, which I think we might talk about a little bit later when we get into how we actually do these plans, but career goals and family goals. And those are all pieces that I watched evolve over those five years. And a five-year plan is not about being rigid. It doesn't mean that (laughs) I spend this day, I do the summit event and I chart out, have all the answers and I just follow this map for the next five years. My The method involves checking in every quarter, having these mini steps to get towards these micro goals, which all feed towards a five-year vision, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you have the opportunity to change that anytime. If you don't want to do something on your five-year plan, then stop doing it. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just build a new, set a new course, chart for a new adventure and My answer to what you just said is, yes, I was able to work hard and get to that dream, but I've also been able to get to others. And then some haven't, right? That's also a part of building mindset to be strong enough to handle what planning throws at you. And your plans change. Your goals change. (laughs) And that's okay to pivot. And I really love that. Who is the book for? So is this for people that want full life changes or say they just want just a career change, or they want to pursue a hobby that scares them? It's a great question. Initially, the book was really crafted around, I want to say there's like the young professional, or there's like this segment of life where, you know, whether or not you went to college or not, but you've learned something. Maybe you went to trade school, or maybe you didn't go to college at all, but we all get to this like adult phase where we're like, okay, I've got a job whatever it might be, I know what I want to do. And you get three to five years into that phase and you start asking yourself, what am I doing? (laughs) Whether it's needing, wanting to plan for a family or wanting to get to a certain point in your career, wanting to change something within your community or volunteer goals or whatever it might be. 
oftentimes with the spiral of social media and all these pressures, it's really hard to see where you need to go. You will often have lots of mentors, people trying to tell you what to do. And I find that a lot of people just don't take the time to write it down, to, to think, to build a plan, to give yourself the mental space to think about your life mm-hmm. and just be open. That being said, I'm not trying to leave anybody out, right? <laughs> that was my initial intent because that's the phase I went through. And when, right. when I developed the method, but I have found since writing the book and publishing last year, so many other case studies sounds really like scientific and scary, but <laughs> so many other groups of people that really benefit from leveraging bits and pieces of it to the yeah. point in which you just said, Hey, I'm trying to make a big career change. Can I leverage looking at this to do that? Yeah, you could, but it is meant to be holistic. It is meant Mm. to say, look at all four pillars Mm -hmm. because those four pillars actually might be critical for your career change decisions. We, we forget to look at plans for our family, (laughs) right? Yeah. Goals around friends. Those are just exactly. You could forget about your friends and spend (laughs) too much time in your career. Yeah. That's, that's so important. Focusing on all those different points. So like seeing it all come together in my mind, it's making a lot more sense with the four pillars as you're describing and like how they would all play into it. I'm a huge planner. I love to plan. And now I'm thinking that this book would just give me a superpower. So I'm going to like immediately go buy it. But I'm very excited about the idea of encouraging other people to plan because it's done amazing things for my life and I could get better at it because I don't think holistically. I'm also the type of planner that I'm like straight shot. I'm like, oh, this is what I want. I'm just going to run after that. And I forget about the little things sometimes. But in terms of encouraging other people to plan, you had to start by understanding probably that you should start planning yourself, right? And I think that started in your career from what I was reading about your bio. Yeah, can we talk about how did you figure out the importance of planning? What did that mean in your life? Absolutely. When you, this is perfect because you're a planner. So you're, you've already got the planning mindset. Not everyone does. Mm-hmm. And planning is such a common, like easy word. It means so many different things to different people. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's easy for people like yourself. Uh, I ended up going into program management in my career. So I'm definitely the A-type planner. (laughs) It it becomes a little bit easier for me. I wanted so much. And it comes from the fact that I am both a artist and a science person. So growing up, I excelled in math and loved science, but I was also a singer and a musician and an artist. There was always that constant struggle of do this or that, do this or that. People saying, oh, go to college and become an engineer or go and do X, Y, and Z. Or, hey, you could go do musical theater. You could go and pursue art in this way. That was always a big challenge for me to understand what to do. And I, t- I say this because I think that's fundamentally the inspirational <laughs> pieces that led to how and why and what I 
I planned because mm-hmm. I did decide mm-hmm. to go and become an aerospace engineer. I did decide to go and work a job where I was designing spacecraft for six years. And it created this very regimented, do this, then that, get here. This is why, get to Z. And you start getting into this ladder climbing mentality, which mm-hmm. is often what a career can do. Depending, and I, yes, I have a very corporate example because I worked at a nine to five aerospace position. I wanted to become a manager. I wanted to become a responsible engineer. I wanted to be the CEO. I had big goals, but you can leverage the same concept even in your, in freelance artistry or being a musician, working in gig economy. It's career allows you to have these stepped approaches. And Mm -hmm. it is, I would say, where a lot of my planning method really formulated from. Because when you look at the career, then you think a bit about finances. Because most of us are in a career in exchange for income because the money, because unfortunately the world revolves around money as much as we all don't like it. (laughs) You then start tacking on financial goals that kind of go with some of those career goals, usually because you've pieced together some personal goals or family or community-based goals. And those require some semblance of support in your time or money. And Mm. then the whole cycle keeps feeding on itself in a good way. This is not a toxic cycle. This is a holistic pillars of climbing mountains to success. Kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Love it. But it all, it is like a cycle for sure. Sometimes it's a very annoying cycle. I'm just going to say, but <laughs> it's necessary for propelling society forward and for propelling your own life forward for better or for worse. You you talk about this and it's a perfect segue into really understanding a life's purpose because you were a career person. You probably still are a little bit of a career person. You're obviously very driven. You've written a book to help other people. And with that comes a vision, I'm guessing, of you have a purpose and you want to help people and you want to share this with other people. I find that having a life purpose is integral to understanding the next steps that you want to go through. Say if you get laid off from your job, if you have a life purpose, it's a little bit easier to get back on your feet because you didn't tie all of your worth to your job. You're tying your worth to your life purpose. Should finding your purpose be someone's number one goal in your opinion? So finding your purpose, in my opinion, is not actually a goal. I get what you're actually trying to say, but in my vision, it's not a goal. It's a fundamental baseline foundation to the entire process of looking at life. Mm. My book, again, separates itself into these three phases of mental tools, planning techniques, and execution habits. The very first chapter is your deepest why, Mm -hmm. finding your life purpose. Because without that, I don't know if I want to say, go as far as you can't be successful. I'm sure there are people out there without life purpose that are successful. But inevitably, when you go through the process, either of life or going through a planning activity, 
you're going to hit roadblocks. And your life purpose is what drives you. It's what keeps you going when times get tough. It definitely fuels you when you're excited because you're like, yeah, my life purpose is working and I'm getting to where I want to go. And this is awesome. And you have to remember that energy and feel that energy because inevitably, especially in what I look at, which is again, the, the four pillars, if you hit something like realizing you have a lot of debt or I hit a big roadblock roadblock in my career where I was told I needed 20 years of experience if I ever wanted to be a manager. Mm. I didn't believe in that. I, I don't prescribe to a lot of the norms of career logic. Heck yeah, but- same. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that can be really tear you down. And if you don't have that life purpose, your deepest why, your baseline vision to keep supporting you up, those mental tools that you've packed in your backpack so that when you get towards the boulder climbing section of climbing the mountain to success, mm-hmm. you're you're going to fall. You're going to fail. You have to have something that drives you. And while you could say it is the number one goal in life, or I like to call it the, the bedrock foundation to what drives and centers you on your path. It's much better. I love it. And using a rocket ship analogy, if you are not driving the rocket ship, meaning you don't have the bedrock foundation of your life's purpose, somebody else is going to drive it for you. So you have to take control. You do. You absolutely do. uh, Like that person that said you have to have 20 years to be a manager. Imagine if you'd listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. I would still be in the same job I was in when I first got out of college because that's how long it would have taken. Oh my gosh. I would still be, I would only be halfway through (laughs) my sentence of 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) If somebody takes anything away from this, it's build your own purpose and don't let somebody else tell you exactly what it is you need to get to where you want to go because they're often wrong. Or take the pieces that matter to you and that will propel you and leave the rest. <laughs> Just leave it and do your own thing. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. I So you've been talking about the pillars and I'd love to dive into each of those for at least a little bit. And mental tools is one that you've definitely spoken about. Could you go into what tools you recommend everyone develop? What do you mean by mental tools? Absolutely. I talk about three specifically. Keep it easy. Know which tools you got to get out of your backpack. The first (laughs) one we've talked about, which is your deepest why. That's your first tool. You got to have that purpose that you got to bring out. But the second tools or the second and third one that you're going to look at is a positive growth mindset Mm. and a mind, body, spirit exercise. All of the mental tools are fundamentally designed. They're a little different, but they serve the same purpose, which is as you go through your planning process and having to execute the plan. Once you get to the point where you're actually, you made a plan, you have to remember it and work towards it. You need to be reminded when the going gets tough, bring out one of these tools. So a positive growth mindset is basically going over the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is generally individuals who look and 
before I say this, we all have fixed mindset capabilities. So I'm not calling anybody out specifically. The difference is, can you choose to leverage a mindset change muscle and become positive? Mm. But a fixed mindset person is someone who's, oh, I already know that. Or they know how to get the trophy and they want to keep getting the trophy. They never want to lose the trophy in life. Trophy being a metaphor for whatever it is, the skill or expertise that they have. And they really latch on to that. They often have negative or stubborn thoughts and the ability to think positively can be challenging. So they're not willing to let new things come in. We mm-hmm. all have that. We all have pieces of that. Change is and scary. When change is scary. And guess mm-hmm. what? When you make a five-year plan, you're looking at things that are huge. I, I'm looking at, oh, I would love to be, let's say, I want to be a CEO of a company one day. Okay. What is that going to take to get there? I mean, that's a big, scary goal. Mm-hmm. I could easily have a fixed mindset and say, I can't do that. And then yeah. not believe in myself and shut myself down. When I look at a big goal, look at it, smaller goals, look at fitness goals, look at travel goals, look at community goals. And it's just easy to say, no, it's easy to hide. And that's what a fixed mindset does. So in the book, I say, you cannot do that. You must sharpen and strengthen your mindset change muscle and grow a positive mindset. Positive growth mindset is someone who values every experience, whether it's a positive or negative one. Choosing to look at the bright side of something, saying that everything you do is an opportunity to learn and do better. Evaluating a situation. And even if you do have negative thoughts, Mm -hmm. saying out loud or choosing in your mind silently to yourself to say, what would this look like if I was to change my mind? to look at it in a better light. And you learn to basically do things differently, like reading a book. Let's say it's reading my book. Let's say you're like, oh man, I'd rather watch a TV show or go hang out with friends. Those are awesome things. You should totally do those things and live life. But if you have a negative mindset about reading a book or not reaching a goal or setting something too high, you will struggle. You have to choose to practice changing the narrative in your head to something more positive. So it's a, it's tough to do, but you Mm -hmm. have to actually practice. (laughs) It's a game changer for people that really beat themselves up. I think Mm -hmm. in terms of, I didn't reach this goal. I didn't get that promotion, this cycle, those people that receive really critical feedback and they can't get over it. I think that's very important. It's super hard. And I love what you mentioned about, I didn't get a promotion in this cycle, things like that, where it's easy to fall on your face and not get back up again. Whereas you, you do have to write it in a journal, write it down so that you can look at that data, learn to be data-driven about what happened. Go into a situation, go talk to your manager and ask for the feedback. And I recognize, trust me, I struggled this with, with this for many years in my life. It's scary to hear things from another person, especially when it's feedback on yourself. Oh, yeah. But when you practice a positive growth mindset, you're practicing having the courage to listen and open your mind to new thoughts. That Ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? If I walk into my manager's office and say, 
hey, why didn't I get a promotion? Seriously, what is the worst that could happen to you? And if you start asking yourself that question, you might be able to answer things like, I don't know, the worst thing that could happen is he or she or they tell me something that I'm not going to like hearing about my personality or my job Mm -hmm. ethic. And is that if it's so bad, then now you have the information you need to know to say, maybe I need to change my career. Maybe I need to leave this company. Maybe my manager is not as supportive as I need, and I need to get a better mentor, a better manager. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's something you need to open your eyes to and say, okay, that was good feedback. Thanks, manager person. Can you give me two ideas on how I could fix that? And you start having this open conversation with this person that's no longer scary because you're learning mm-hmm. and you're growing. I think you I went on a side You have the growth mindset. Yeah. <laughs> but you build a growth mindset mm-hmm. when you open yourself up to just listen and learn. Yeah. Criticism isn't all, it's such a negative connotation, but it's not always criticizing. It's often guiding. <laughs> and that's, you just have to let it guide you. I've, yeah, work is hard. And being told that you're not good at your work is even harder. So it's a tough space, but I'm happy for those mental tools. It's really helpful. The, one of the other pillars, financial freedom is one that is very important, obviously for a very, if if you find joy in things, or if you find joy in experiences, it's easier to do those things if you have money. But while we get into this pillar of your whole approaching your summit. So honing in on this pillar, what do you say to the sentiment that money doesn't buy happiness? Money 100% does not buy happiness. And I would leave it as simple as that. It is, as I mentioned before, a, let's call it unfortunate. It's an unfortunate focus in our society, in our world, there are a few countries and cultures that don't have a financial system, right? And so it's a piece of the pillars so that you don't get totally lost down a path where everything is hard. Yeah. But it is not going to bring happiness. And that is why you have personal growth and community as the the side pillars of the four, right? They are holding you truly okay so if you're looking at it like it's a building yeah yeah. it's not they're not the the stabilizing wall the financial exactly exactly okay okay and so personal growth is the first item because you are you're the only one like you you're the only one that can think your thoughts no one can people can Mm. tell you what to do and and you can be affected by others but fundamentally Every single one of us are, you're, we're unique. And it's so important to make sure you spend a little bit of time focusing on yourself. And I do not say that in any kind of selfish way, because especially I feel like there's a lot of parents out there that are like, I've got no time for anything. I've got my kids I'm taking care of. I'm just trying to make it through the days. There's a lot of things, but I say true, hundred percent. Everyone's got their thing. But you have to give yourself just a little bit of time, an hour, 30 minutes, five minutes, whatever you can spare. You have to make sure 
that you're feeding your inner soul, your personal growth. Doesn't mean you have to do everything. It could be one small hobby. It could be one small goal towards a big event in life. It could be getting into your spirituality, whether that's going to church, whether it's maybe it's a volunteer organization, but it's making sure you feed your personal growth. That's number one, because without Mm -hmm. that, you can't serve others. So you got to be strong. Then you've got your center ones. You've got your financial and your career. That's we spend the most amount of our time. Usually most people in their career, doing their finance circle. That's the center of this house. And then you get to community because everybody forgets about that. Everyone forgets that Mm -hmm. if you don't make a goal to call your mom once a week, next thing it's now I tech, I talk to my mom like almost every other day, but I know a lot of people (laughs) who don't, and then they spend three months and then the phone call is five hours long. And if you had just kept up with talking with family, it would be, it'd be easier, more sustainable, probably more enjoyable to do that. But you got to make a goal around it. You've got to connect with your immediate family, your extended family, your friends, the ones that live far away. You got to make plans to visit them. You need to work with your coworkers. That's your external community. Smile at the cashier at the grocery store. Live a life centered around people because it's those people over here in the last pillar that are going to support you in what you're doing. So then that, you know, it's like full circle. The community supports you. You're supporting the community because you're fulfilled. And those two pillars bringing up this whole mountain of success as you go along. Yeah. Let's unpack personal growth a little bit more. So you've mentioned, yeah, you can have the time to yourself in the morning, read your book, make sure that even if you have the distractions, kids, dogs, career, that you have time for that personal. Would you say that it is just that it's like having time to read when you want, or what is the purpose of personal growth? I guess is what I'm asking. All right. Personal growth is, I want to say it's whatever you want it to be. It's what different people, right? (laughs) This is true. (laughs) But with the method that I use, I fundamentally, I'll start with what I actually write out in the method, which is, do you have travel goals? Do you have education goals? Do you have fitness goals, big life events, weddings, whatever it might be, Mm. hobbies, volunteer work, spiritual? Because personal growth is very dependent on the person. Everyone's life is different. We're all very different people. And I was like, how do I pick a few bubbles to help guide people? Because when you're making a plan, it's so easy for me to get on this podcast and say, yeah, like all you got to do is make a plan. It's simple. Follow this method, make a plan. It's not. You, you, otherwise everybody would do it, right? Get a piece of paper and make a plan. So and you, you wouldn't need a of, whole book. <laughs> you wouldn't need a whole book. And so I, I like to figure out a framework, right? The goal is to open your mind, to do mind maps, to give yourself five minutes to look at a personal growth where I gave some examples, but it's, what are the things that feed your spirit or your soul? What does your ideal life look like? And a lot of times it's hard to separate the lines between career and some financial goals and a little bit about community. They all feed back into some of these personal growth goals, but mainly they are centered around what feeds your spirit, whatever that might be. So go ahead and read your books about dragons and 
fantasy and love. And that's what, speaking to myself here. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. You could label it however you want to. I, maybe I would label that's a hobby. Your hobby is to read about dragons and go into these worlds mm-hmm. of awesomeness. That's important. We mm-hmm. all have to disconnect and fill the soul in whatever way that you need. Yes. Okay. Perfect. The community pillar then being completely vulnerable here for me, it's been a pattern in my life to not share a lot of my goals, to not share a lot of personal stuff because I found, I don't know, I'm, I don't want to take a conversation space talking about myself too much. I'm worried about ostracizing people because I have really big goals and it's okay if they don't right now, but I don't want them to feel like they have to. Something that always comes to mind is the work on your goals in secret, which is something that I'm sure a lot of people have said, and then come out ahead and be super successful. And then people just don't talk about it, but just do. But community, in order to do it successfully, I know that you have to let people in. So (laughs) you speak to the, that difficulty. So we're not alone. I know when Mm -hmm. we talked about personal growth, I did mention that we are ourselves. We are, you are the only you, (laughs) but humans, humanity, we come from a long line of community Yeah, and being in a culture of needing others to survive and to thrive. And community is what circles us and guides us. And it is hard, especially like you're saying, if you're a private person and you're not wanting to share with your community, what I talk about in the book is not necessarily about asking or forcing you to share your inner thoughts. Although Mm -hmm. there is a part of it that says you need an accountability partner. If you want to be really successful, you should have an accountability partner because when you do share those inner thoughts and feelings, when it comes to big goals and where you're, what you're supposed to do this quarter, somebody else heard that. So (laughs) you're going to be more likely to actually complete the mini steps because someone is looking at you saying, Hey, are you going to stay on track and get to where you want to go? So there's that piece, but it's not a requirement. Mm -hmm. It's just a very good idea to have an accountability partner. You I focus more on building thoughts around how you interface with people. And I I talked about this a little earlier, but I'll expand more specific thoughts around family. This is where if you were going to plan to have children, you would be putting this community goal into your planning. If you are trying to plan a family reunion, if you're trying to build something for your legacy, if you're trying to better or grow relationships, whether with friends or family, you would put the goals in here. And another important piece is not everything about community is positive, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of us have negative, potentially toxic relationships in our life whether it's a coworker that you don't get along with or a friend that maybe there was a time and place where that person did serve you and it was important in your life, but you've grown into a space where you need change. Your community pillar is where you spend some time reflecting 
and you Mm. think about what you need and how you need to connect with people, how you need to potentially work on letting some people go and then hyping the relationship of those you want to keep and keep those things going. A lot there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You do hear a lot though, even on, I don't know, just social media scrolling through where it's really important to, sometimes it's called keep your circles tight, keep your circle small with the people that really hype you up and anybody that drains your energy, anybody that takes and you feel drained when you exit a conversation or hanging out rather than when you feel invigorated. I think, yeah, going through your process is a really great time to fully understand how people make you feel. Absolutely. And if you tie back community into, like I said, the pillars of building up this house, if you will, but if you circle it back, if it's a circle and not pillars, you should surround yourself with those that support you. You should surround yourself with a community aligned in the vision you have. If you want to be a musician, you should probably figure out how to surround yourself with some musicians Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they always say, if you surround yourself with successful people or more importantly, people in the direction you want to go to go in or to, yep. you will find success easier. When you surround yourself with people that are not in the space or doing the things that you want to be doing, you're actually holding yourself back. Go find the mentors, go find the masterminds, go be with those who are going to help you grow and build that positive growth mindset, build your community in the direction you want to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On this podcast, we do talk a lot about pursuing difficult things that people have not done before. Your book is perfect. I just feel it in my bones for people that literally do not think that they are capable of switching careers, that they are capable of doing something that's way outside of their comfort zone. Have you witnessed personally people that are doing incredible things, maybe even yourself that you did, they didn't think that they could because of some maybe methods that you thought of that you put in the book, or maybe inspirations that you took to write the book? So I really love this question because even before, like before this podcast, before the book, (laughs) before all of this, I have always been someone who believes that in this life, you can choose what you want to be. Now, yes, there are some real barriers out there and there's challenges. I'm not going to pretend like aim for the moon and we're all going to like, you reach the start. Like it takes effort to get places, but I've never liked that. There is this mentality that you, you you get out of high school and you pick a subject and you stay in that your whole life, <laughs> whatever you work in that for 40 years and then you retire. And I don't even know that <laughs> it never really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And I believed that, you know what? I loved space. I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. I was an aerospace engineer. I designed spacecraft. I've watched my spacecraft launch off on rockets into space. (laughs) (laughs) But I always said, if I wanted to quit my job and become a baker, why not? 
Yeah. And to answer your question, I will leverage my example, which is, yes, I talked earlier that I was both science and art. I chose to go into engineering instead of pursuing art when I was back in high school. That was a tough decision for me. That was a very emotional decision, but I loved both. So I loved pursuing engineering. I spent 10 years in an industry where I was an engineer for six of them, designing spacecraft, and then said, you know what? I am going to be a manager and I'm going to project manager, project management and do program management, which is totally different. I no longer touched the engineering bubble, but that's not even my example. That's just a piece where I did that in aerospace. And I decided to quit my job. There were reasons that led up to that decision, but I quit my job and I opened my mind to new things. And if I hadn't have done that, I never would have written this book. Yeah, I never would have met. So I have a whole community of authors and people that I work with now that I didn't even knew existed. I spent 10 years working with engineers who are great. I love them, but they have a very, a lot of them have a very specific way of thinking. And all of a sudden I started working with all these creative minds mm-hmm. who we're building worlds of dragons <laughs> point earlier of books you like to read and building up methods and processes and non nonfiction books and self-help this. And I jumped into a career I didn't even know I ever could have yeah, or wanted. I'm on this podcast. I never thought I would ever be on a podcast. <laughs> so you can go totally 180 and change what you're doing. And I can also go back into other careers. I could go back into engineering. I could go jump into something new. I love art. So I think I'm bound to figure out becoming a muralist at some point, but life is about making changes Mm -hmm. and choosing where you want to go. And you can 100% switch your careers over time. And follow your flights of fancy. Just do it. Like just <laughs> anything that you think will make you happy. You can even test it out and then you can go back. Nothing is also set in stone. And I, that's such good advice. I love it. And your path is really awesome. The art behind you is beautiful. I think like everything about your setup is gorgeous. So I think you have a very good artistic eye from what little I can Thank see. Thank you. <laughs> I think you're going to be great at whatever you want to do. <laughs> in terms of advice then if you could package something up in a beautiful present tie it with a bow what would you tell somebody craving a life that they very honestly in their core of their being think is out of their reach absolutely i'll say one sentence which is you must get rid of the fixed mindset we talked about the fixed mindset Mm -hmm. earlier so i won't dive into the details of that again but you have to figure out how to get out of fixed mindset What I will expand upon to answer your question is educate yourself. One way to get out of a fixed mindset is to go out and learn. I I didn't just wake up one day and have a book that I published. Mm -hmm. I actually had to go learn how to write a book, how to publish a book, how to design a cover and all of this interesting world that I knew nothing about. 
but I was willing to go into that and educate myself on something and, and get rid of the fear. I got rid of the worry monster and I said, all right, I need to get a mentor, go on YouTube, take some online courses. There's free courses out there for a lot of different subjects. You just got to educate yourself on your dreams. Don't give up because I'll leave you this with this one very real life example. I am a musician and I have wanted to record my album for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. I really don't even want to think about the amount of time. (laughs) And I never did it because I never educated myself. I assumed that I could never afford to go in a recording studio, that I would never be able to meet musicians, that I would never be able to make what I was creating in my mind out into the waves of making music and putting it out for people to listen to. And so I, it's been on my list every year. One of my top goals, culture album, culture album, getting nowhere mm-hmm. because I didn't educate myself. And as soon as I took the time to get rid of the worry monster, to get rid of my fixed mindset that it wasn't possible for me to do that, I did it. I called up a studio. I walked in, I did a tour. I learned about the process and it was suddenly so quote easy. There's still a lot that goes into (laughs) recording an album, but everything was unlocked. I still have to do the hard work to make the goal happen, but you just need to get rid of the fixed mindset and educate yourself on whatever that subject is, whatever that goal you're looking for, Mm -hmm. what you're striving for, go out there and learn. And sometimes all it takes is the first step. And yours was (laughs) literally just scheduling a tour. And then you're excited. You pick up, conquer your summit, you figure it out and you go for it. I love that. Did you record your album? Do you have one? I am in the process. So I actually started that when I quit my aerospace job and I started writing the book. That has been my my artistic focus alongside. So I have, at this point of recording this podcast, about 50% of it is recorded and oh. it will be released in 2024. <laughs> uh, are you going to use your name as your artist name or do you have it? Yeah, so Alakai Simone is my stage name. It's also okay. my author name. It's my brand identity. I don't know if there's a lot of authors out there that share the same name for totally different hobbies and passions, but you know what? I think it goes with the the theme of my book and the theme of this conversation. Do what you want with life, live your passions. And I do it all with Alakai Simone. So yeah, it'll be coming out here. (laughs) So exciting. Everybody follow Alakai Simone. Where can they find you to track your progress of your album and then also buy your book? Absolutely. So www.conqueryoursummit.com is my website, which if you go there, there's a contact us page. There's a link for the book. You can go on Amazon and just search Conquer Your Summit. But if you want to go to an on, you know, stop shop for all the links and how to contact me, it's there at the website, conqueryoursummit.com. And you can see my socials there. If you're looking for the handle, it's just Alakai Simone Books on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and more to come. 2024. 2024. It is. 
It is. Everybody's going to race after their dreams. I feel it in my bones. I think this is the year. I thought it would be honestly 2023 after all the the COVID stuff we all went through, but it's going to be 2024. I can feel it. Kai, thank you so much. It's every year. (laughs) It is every year. It doesn't, that's the truth, right? And sometimes it's five years. It's five years in this case. Thank you so much for being here, Alkaya. It's been such a pleasure to have you. And I think that you're going to be super successful. And now everybody else is too, because you shared it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It's been great talking with you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to the You're Not Qualified podcast, you capable babes. I'm very excited that you made it to the end of this episode. I would love to hear from you if you feel inspired by the stories that you hear on this podcast. If you feel inspired by this particular one, please drop me a line. I can be reached by email, ynqpod at gmail.com. I am most active on Instagram. The handle is at ynqpod. Please drop me a DM there. I love chatting with you all. Write a comment, anything you'd like. I just want to hear what you think. If you think that you'd be a great fit for this podcast and you want to come on and tell your story of how you overcame imposter syndrome, please get in touch. Or if you know of somebody that you think would also love to tell their story, get them in touch with me. would love to hear from them. If you like what you hear, I love it when you subscribe. So please do so or follow me depending on what platform you're listening on. And also leave a review. Spotify does this really fun thing now where you can actually leave a review after a prompt. It's a really exciting way to get engaged. I realized it not too long ago when scrolling through Spotify that they let you put prompts as the creator and I would love to hear from you. So please just get in touch. Let's get involved. I am so excited that you are even listening and I really, really, really hope that this inspires you to get out and do that damn thing. Go do everything that scares you. You are way more capable than you think you are. I promise you. Again, friends, thank you so much for listening. Go do that thing. I will see you very soon. Bye.